We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I could like whisper things to you. Uh, uh. That's how I imagine. Just being a singer? Yeah. They're like, like Ariana Grande. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that right in your ears? No. <laughs> it sounds like some sort of like a horror movie Wait, sound. Like <clears throat> <laughs> oh I guess we just dug his nails in my leg like this fucking is stop. Peak comedy. <laughs> <laughs> like a fart <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, how am I the only adult it's here? It's fine. <laughs> We're in our late 20s. All right, let's do our intro. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Hello, Hello Welcome to, to the, the Holy, Holy Hour. Hour. I'm Amelia Sanson. And I'm Liz Ball. And we're celebrating one year today! <laughs> Would we say it's our one year birthday or our one year anniversary? I feel like it's our one year birthday. Birthiversary? I feel like our anniversary was our first day of recording. Ooh. And our birthiversary <laughs> is, t- is today, the day that this is coming out. <laughs> Birthiversary somehow sounds gross. Yeah. Birthiversary. Birthiversary. But yeah, I mean, we did come out on that day. Our podcast is a Gemini. Ooh, we love a Gemini lady. Let me look up our full uh, astrological chart. Oh my God, yes. Do we know what time we were? We should like do the whole. I I did. So it's, it's hanging out in my astro yes oh my god i'm so excited we are a gemini sun an aquarius moon and a scorpio rising interesting she has the same moon and sun sign as me yeah well i mean your birthday is two days before our birthday but doesn't the time influence the time does influence it it's very interesting and we were born in different places too yeah so here it is. Cute. That's what we are. Love that. Um, With Scorpio rising. I'm interested to hear. 
That's spicy. Yeah. I mean, I think that the Gemini sun, Aquarius moon makes a lot of sense. I love this fire energy for us. Yes. Um, Scorpio rising. What a spicy placement. Explains that we also like to have a lot of depth Ooh. presenting, yes. you know? Yes. Um, and some other sign, some other placements, if anyone cares. Uh, we got Mercury and Cancer. Nice. So a lot of feels with communication which is on brand. Yep. Um, Venus is also in Gemini. Uh, and Mars is in Pisces. Venus in Gemini, I want to hear about that. Because that's the, uh, yeah, the it sounds love interesting. planet. Yeah. yeah, the planet of relationships. Ooh, that I sounds mean, on brand to learn about. You and I, I would say that we're two sides of the same coin, kind of like a Gemini. Yeah. Like, we're, we are very yin and yang, but we're in agreement. Yes. <laughs> So that makes a lot of sense. Oh and you're actually a Gemini and I'm a Libra. And that is also a dual sign. Oh. <laughs> I love astrology. I love this for us. Yeah. So it's our one year birthday. Happy birthday, Liz. Ha- happy actual birthday and podcast birthday. Thank you so much. Yeah. We, we do have very close birthdays, me in the pod. Mm-hmm. Minus tomorrow. Well, I mean... It was on Tuesday when yeah. this is coming out because this is coming out Thursday, which is the podcast birthday. Mm-hmm. And I am so excited. I can't believe it's been a year. It's unreal. Like it. It, it flew by, but it also feels like we've always been doing this. I know. That's so true. Isn't that such a weird experience? Like I can't imagine not doing this. And it feels like it's been like six months max. Like mm-hmm. we did that photo shoot over a year ago. In the your first apartment. one? Yeah. yeah. That's wild to me. I know. There's so much and has it, happened in the in the past year. Comparing that to what we have now, too. Yeah. Is amazing. I people have been new people that are hearing about the pod are telling me that they they listen to episode 1 and I'm like, "Oh my god, please like listen to later episodes because it's like fun but also cringy." It is. <laughs> and like we're like hitting the table every other word because oh, yeah. like and we're we like know the blacked technology out. Yet. Oh my god, episode we're 3. We're so hammered. Episode three was fun though. It was so fun. Honestly, re-listening to episode three has made me crack up a few times. Yeah, yeah. I need to re-listen. I've been like avoiding it because I was so drunk. I got so drunk so fast. Yeah, that was. I don't know. It just. It's weird to think about because I feel like when people start podcasts or like anything like this, it's like you're unsure of how long it's going to go for. Like, let's try this. Mm-hmm. But I always knew that it was going to be like a long-term thing yeah I always felt that way too which is a weird thing and I think what made it easier too is we both had kind of like this intuition yeah we're like huh and kind of learning like oh we don't have to put ourselves in a box yeah like that's the beauty of making content is you can kind of like continue the conversation however you want totally yeah our perspectives have grown a lot Mm -hmm. um and our technology has improved. Oh my god! Our look has improved. Yes, we have a totally different brand than we did when we first started. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been cool. I'm glad that we allowed ourselves to play when we first started out. Mm-hmm. And it was good. You were always reminding me, like, well, the good thing about uh, starting out is we have no rules. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, fuck, you're right. Like, we're not married to anything. And I'm so glad that we had that mentality because I think that's like a mistake a lot of people make yeah. too. Is they like they're like trying to figure out the structure and when they can't follow it or it doesn't work they're like oh fuck I'll just give up yeah yeah and you kind of just have to follow that natural instinct or flow Mm -hmm. that these things take and I think that we've been good at doing that like this has changed 
so much from I was looking at the original Trello board that we put together of like the structure that we were thinking about doing and like the names for things we were going to call the audience the pews like we had like a a, or the choir the choir yes the choir and um we were we had like a whole structure for each episode that was like confessional and it was like a cute idea but once we just allowed ourselves not to follow that yeah it was a little too uh structured yeah and sacrilegious (laughs) themed too themed. And yeah. I'm glad that we don't have to stick to some kind of church theme. Yeah. It's more we, fun to We got our whatever. name. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we have our name and You're we, our we pay our own homage to it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um, on that note, I wanted to, I think it's kind of interesting. I've been thinking about this and I, it was a topic that we had in our first episode talking about sex ed mm-hmm. and how like we didn't really get a very good sex sexual education and the thing that I have been thinking about the most is how like no one tells you sex is supposed to be pleasurable yeah it's always implied that like men love sex and even then like now now you're putting like two people in two different boxes not even just one yeah like now guys are gonna have to be like um, is there something wrong with me that I don't want to have sex all the time <laughs> That's so true. We never think about it from that side. Yeah. That, cause then I, before really, before I started doing this podcast and I know we're like, I, I want to talk about all the shit that we've learned through doing this. And one of the big things is I have always been under the impression that men are just always thinking about sex yeah. because that's like what is talked about in the media and what's fed to us through sex ed very early on that like, oh, it's just boys being boys. Like. That's Mm -hmm. not the truth. And I don't remember who it was, but somebody, I think you were having a conversation with, pointed out that that's not the case. Like, that's it's unfair and unrealistic to put that expectation on men to always be in the mood. That puts a lot of unnecessary pressure. And it just continues the conversation. Like, it continues the idea of objectification, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, like... The more I thought about it, I was like, okay, no one tells you that sex is supposed to be enjoyable, like, from the beginning. It's, it's, from that point, it's always going to be the idea that it's transactional. Like, it's only, it's only purpose is for reproduction. Yeah. And there's nothing else. Yeah. It's to create a baby. So, in that sense, you're like, okay, it's only transactional, and I am only a vessel for a baby. Yeah. And that's how you start to see your own body and see sex at a young age. And then you have to like cope with and challenge all of these ideas as you get older. And it's hard because you're not the only one going through that. Like I and then, you know, if men are receiving the same kind of education, they're also treating it as a transaction. Right. And you're up against your body's natural biology of like, why am I wanting to have sex? if it's just purely to make a baby. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of rhetoric is so dangerous. I like I my sex education program in elementary school was very focused and really like solely focused on periods and that was it and mm-hmm. shaving. Like that was really it and they separated the boys and the girls. I talked about this on the first episode. Like, I feel like a big issue is separating the groups. And I understand, like, the maturity level and, like, you know, kids are going to be like, eh, you know, I mm-hmm. understand that. But I feel like if boys and girls were being taught 
the same thing at the same time in the same room, there would be a lot less of a, like a disagreement in understanding of like what sex is as we're growing up. I still don't know what the boys were taught. I don't, I actually don't know. I've never talked to any boys about it. Yeah. Actually me either. Now that I think about it. It's like, it wasn't periods. No. I mean, there is a lot of benefit to learning about both, especially now I think that young people are getting more comfortable with transitioning their gender. Yes. um, And their gender identity. So in, in that terms, it's just like, okay, well, why not include everyone for everything? Yeah. You know? Right. I mean, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, that's a huge, that's a huge miss. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering now that it's more, it's becoming more of a part of the conversation if schools are adapting to that. Yeah. I actually don't know. I also think if you include the conversation, like, sure, okay, sex can also be for pleasure, but so can other things. I wonder if that would contribute to decreasing, like, unwanted pregnancy because you would have more knowledge yeah, and you, you would have more access to contraceptives because you mm-hmm. wouldn't have it to be, like, sneaking around. Yeah, you could just do hand stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, like, you, like, we, I think, like, that 70s show does this, where it's, like, you know, everyone's, like, hooking up and doing stuff, but, it, like, the parents turn a blind eye. Yeah. And it's just, like, okay, it's assumed, yeah. so why yeah. aren't we talking about this? <laughs> right. And, like, the trying to, like, hold people back from their natural instincts or just exploring things makes them always want to do it more. Like, there was never a part of me growing up that felt like I couldn't drink because, like, my parents were like, if you want to try it, you can try it. And My parents were never like that. And, like, every day I wish – like, I wish they had been. Like, if – as a teenager, like, you know your teenager is going to start... They're growing up. They're going to, like, start trying stuff yeah. and being rebellious or whatever. Or, yeah. like, wanting to learn more. Mm-hmm. So if you make yourself an available resource, like, you're going to lower the likelihood that they're going to lie to you. And, like, if they need help, they know they can come to you. Like, you know, you'll know that, like, your kid's not getting in the car with some drunk driver. Yes. Or whatever. It, it took away a lot of the excitement just being like, oh, I, like I can do this. Oh, I don't really want to fucking do it. Because I think a lot of my friends growing up were experimenting with drugs and alcohol because there was this like whole like, no, you can't. And it made them want to try it and rebel against that. My parents were always like, yeah, like, I mean, if you want to like try my beer or like you want to like, do you want a glass of wine at dinner? It just kind of took the excitement like, out of it. This tastes bad. Yeah. And I was like, I don't really fucking care. Like, I don't care. But also if you try it under those circumstances, like, my first time drinking, I took, like, six shots. Holy shit. Yeah. I was, like, 110 pounds. I was a oh my God. teeny tiny teenager, you know? Yeah. And I was puking my brains out. Yeah, I bet. I was so sick. And, like, if my parents had talked to me about it or, I don't know, like, no one talks to you about drinking. My mom was like, no one was doing shots. She's from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. She, and was in college in the 80s like she's like well, yeah we'd just go to a kegger <laughs> like there's there people weren't doing shots or like drinking mixed drinks there yeah they were just drinking beer and that's very midwestern yep i would say 100 <laughs> percent. yeah so um 
like they weren't really like expecting that's what we were going to go be doing. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, you raised us in Las Vegas. Like, yeah. What do you think we're going to be exposed to? That's such a good point. Yeah. It's so readily available. Yeah. I'm like, what did, when we drive past the big sign that says gentlemen's club, like, yeah. how are you going to plan explaining that to me? Right. <laughs> Just yeah. like basic things that my sweet Catholic Midwestern parents <laughs> hadn't considered ever. And that makes sense to not have the exposure to it themselves. Like mm-hmm. they wouldn't know that that's what they needed to talk to you about. Yeah. But sex is one of those things that everybody has exposure to all the time. So it's interesting to see how I've realized when people have access to openly talk about it, um, ask questions they're not really be this whole like hush hush like don't even think about boys they're more likely to be responsible about trying it at least from the experience that I've had of like friends that grew up like in the Mormon church went fucking nuts when they left the church because they had been they just they were just having all this sex all the time Mm -hmm. and they weren't being particularly safe about it oh I recently tweeted this like it was like what was your high school known as like and then it was more, it was listing drugs. Uh, and I was like, I went to a Mormon high school, so it was more like a, an anal high school because they didn't <laughs> consider anal sex to yeah. be real sex. <laughs> and then I'm just trying to imagine, yeah. like, I still have never had anal sex. Mm-hmm. It is painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying to imagine, like, trying to do that at such a young age. Oh, God, that would hurt so much. That is... There, that's such a problematic line of thinking that... And then you have no one to talk to, to be like, why do I have hemorrhoids? Yeah, but like, what? It, how is anal sex not sex? Was it just the vagina was the thing about yeah, it? Yeah, apparently. That's so... That's so weird. There's that's very It's very weird. And it's really boring to think that's the only kind of sex you can have. I just want to understand. I just want to understand. Like, wh- why? Can you give, like, oral sex was it just if no, it's in your butt, it doesn't count? Here's what uh, the Mormons would do. Mm. They would rub fronts. <laughs> um, wow. And they would also do something called docking. So you just stick it in. And you just sit there until it gets soft, maybe. I don't know. Do- Dock. You just, don't, like, no thrusting? No thrusting. <laughs> And that's okay? Of course not. But that's what they had to tell themselves to think it was okay. But, like, this also leads back to the the same idea of shame relating to sex. Like, you're always going to associate sex with shame. Yeah. Until you're married and you think that's just going to magically wave it away. No. And this isn't even, like, exclusive to Mormons. No. This is just any household that, like, oh, it's shameful to talk about anything. Yes. That slightly strays from buttoned up and boring. Yeah. It's just, it's sad. And I understand the fear of, like, you know, you don't want your kids to, like, end up pregnant. But it's interesting to look at. Like, they won't if you... That's talk, the thing. If you have an open dialogue. The, the, you see, I like. I mean, just like teen mom is a perfect example. Or 16 and pregnant. Like they, a lot of those girls are from like very religious Southern households. Mm-hmm. And it's because they don't have access to understand how to stop these things from happening. Yeah. They have to hide. They have to have sex places where, you know, like in like behind their parents' backs and like 
they don't they can't go and buy condoms they don't make their own money low-key like now that I think about it I'm sure my mom was like super relieved when she found my birth control prescription yeah I bet when I was like 18 she like found it in my car I think she was like looking for something and then um I was just like well you didn't make yourself available to talk to you about it and then she was just like that's fine um you know I'm glad you like took the initiative <laughs> because also I'm sure she didn't want me to have some unwanted unplanned pregnancy right. before going to college and yeah. like doing life how I want to do it and I mean this is not a knock to people who have had an unplanned pregnancy either no, of course not of course not no I know plenty of people who are like I don't think anyone has regretted it no. <laughs> they're like yeah I love my kid Right, of course, but, like, a it, lot the, of them... It, it's would, not to say it doesn't come without a shit ton of challenges. Yes, yeah, exactly. And a lot of the reason that it happens at a very, very young age is because of the lack of access to conversation and a safe space to discuss what can happen when you have sex. Because it's the... the when schools are... And, again, I didn't go to a school that really had sex ed that centered around sex. Like, do any of them? Like, I have a hard time believing any school actually has a good sex ed. Probably, probably not. Probably not. Especially, I mean, all of our sex ed was in elementary school. We had, like, none in middle school. Uh, the only one that I had outside of uh, elementary school where they tell you that you're going to have a period was in high school, and they show you a video of a baby being born. Oh, my God. That's right. The miracle of life. And that was it. What the fuck? Yeah. The rest of my health classes in high school were just focused on drug abuse. Mm -hmm. Like what could happen if you become addicted to something. <laughs> I did my project on meth. Nice. And just the sight of what happens to... It's called meth mouth. Just the... Like how fucked up your teeth and gums and whatever become from doing meth. God, it's so scary. Mm -hmm. I... I'm gonna just plug myself here. Won the dare contest in middle school. Wow. I wrote an essay. What was your essay about? It was about how we are a lake. Our bodies are a lake, and when you do drugs, it's like polluting the lake. Wow. I know it was deep. And I read it in front of the whole school. Uh the guy who won <laughs> ours. Um because I remember I actually am having flashbacks to like writing this dare essay, and my parents were like, Ugh. Okay, well, we don't know anyone who does drugs, but... Uh, and even if they did, they would never tell me about it. Are you kidding me? Right. They were like, um, we're not going to tell you that our family members have done drugs. That's embarrassing and shameful. <laughs> so I can't remember what they wrote about. I think they made me write about, like, drinking beer or something. <laughs> Anyways, the person who won... Uh, he talked about his cousin smoking marijuana, but he kept saying marijuana. Marijuana, shut up. <laughs> marijuana. That sounds like, like a really dope reptile. Yeah, a marijuana. <laughs> yeah, what a, Damn. I don't know the marijuana. This marijuana's dope as hell. <laughs> it's like a post Malone iguana. <laughs> it's an iguana with just like a fat doink hanging out of his mouth <laughs> and some shades. Damn, that's a cool ass <laughs> reptile. Just smoked a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Straight vibing. Somebody tweeted us about that quote today. 
Oh, really? Yeah. I have to look. It That's was, hilarious. Somebody was like, for some reason, that quote makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I should I post it. it. I have a picture of the mouse. I should post it. You should post it. Oh, check check the gram, folks. That cool that cool ass fucking cat smoking yeah, the mouse is going to be up. It has a mustache and a top hat. Do you have a monocle too? Maybe. Ugh. I feel like all of those things go together, so it's That's very cool likely he could have had a monocle. Yeah. For some reason, I feel I feel as though he did. The mouse looked way too thrilled to be being smoked. Mm-hmm. You know? Interesting choice by the artist. 100%. I have some questions. I would like to pull that apart like an English essay. <laughs> the curtains were blue to represent. <laughs> Ooh, that would be really fun mm-hmm. to do a little... Uh, uh, Art criticism? Yes. I wonder if the person who lives in that house uh, painted it or if they commissioned it. Can you imagine if that existed on the side of your house and you and you moved in? That would be so fucking cool. I mean, some people might hate it. Uh, everything in this person's yard I specifically hate. Like, oh. it makes me uncomfortable in some way. Oh, no. They have a really weird sculpture. Oh, yikes. I don't know. They're, Just, like, weird like art people yeah i feel like the inside of their house would be a mess mm, mm-hmm. I, uh, to go on a different rant i hate walking by someone's apartment i'm i'm nosy i'm looking at everyone's house i want to see how you're decorating i want to see how you're living and yeah, close your blinds i you don't appreciate some good decor <laughs> some good lighting i also want to see <laughs> which gamer guys fall into my seattle stereotypes <laughs> with their <laughs> rgb lighting <laughs> yes <laughs> anyways um i hate walking by and like a nice place and seeing someone has treated it like absolute trash yeah it's a shame i'm just like oh my god you are blessed with being able to have an entire fucking house in seattle and you did this to it it's really disappointing breaks my heart yeah yeah there are a lot of there's a some townhouses down there have you seen those like um mm, i think there's so. showrooms right now oh yeah they're so fucking beautiful but i always see really nice pristine townhouses like that in seattle just decorated the ugliest yeah. like they try to be like all like art deco about it and like cool shapes and like and it's just like awful there's just, just get some, it designed. there's very basic de- decorating rules yeah and if you're gonna pay that much for a townhouse, I'm also sure someone could come in here and hate everything I've done. Well, no, but like this is cozy. I feel like people try to make their houses look super artistic, and it's just like sterile and weird. It's like the Kardashian Ugh. last house. Have you seen their house? Oh yeah, it looks yeah. like a mausoleum. Ugh. Yeah. So we got a, an email from a listener, and we thought it would be a really interesting conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Um, something that we've kind of talked about in the past, but. It was interesting to get it in this form, so I will read it. I just found your podcast and have been binging it. I'm the only girl at my work, and the rest are guys. They are so weirded out by how much giggling I'm doing, but it makes work the best. Anyways, here's my story. After three years of being together, my boyfriend and I decided to move in together. My parents, who are Catholic, like too Catholic, are not happy about this. I have not opened to them about my sex life, and they don't know that I've even had sex. When characters on TV have sex, my mom loses it and usually tries to change what we are watching. I have been living with him for half a year now. They have never come to visit, even though it's only an hour away, and they really think that we're just roommates. I haven't corrected them, so when my mom asks if I sleep in a separate room, I say, sure. They refer to us as roommates and often ask me how my roommate is referring to my boyfriend. 
I don't feel like rocking the boat with them, but how do they not know? On the other hand, my boyfriend's mom doesn't like the term girlfriend because she thinks it's demeaning. Instead, his mom refers to me as his female friend or lady companion, which makes me sound like his mistress and not his significant other. Now that we have moved in together, she asked if this redefines our relationship, and I told her it makes us roommates. So now we have both sets of parents referring to us as roommates. Would love to get your thoughts on my situation. Love you guys if you ever come to Arkansas Seltzers on me. Hell yeah. Holding you to that. We are coming to Arkansas only for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just I'm kidding. buying my plane ticket right now. <laughs> um, but this is such, such an interesting email. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely can relate to having like a religious family, but I think maybe the difference is my mom's kind of like a little more understanding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Your parents definitely know. They fully know that you're not just roommates. Yeah, they're just trying to not... They're not trying to accept it. They, but they know. I think it's just like they want to live in their little bubble of like, no, no, they're just roommates. Like, la, 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 la. Like, plugging their ears and yeah. not really hearing it. But they know. And I definitely know. I have some friends with parents like that as well who are like, want to play like dumb because mm-hmm. they just don't want it. You know, they love you and they're always going to love you, but they also are subscribing to these very old, out of date social rules because of their religion. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And that just doesn't work anymore. And, but I mean, like, I don't know, when you're raised super religious, you have all these rules that you have to follow. And maybe that's why it's easier for them to think about, like, well, we love our daughter and we know she's a good person. So um, let's just tell ourselves a different narrative. Yep. <laughs> but I also can't even imagine what you're going through trying to navigate that of like, are my parents dumb? Like, would they be upset if I just told them the truth? And it's, I feel like I don't really have a place in giving advice on this because I was blessed with parents that I could talk to about things. But from where I'm standing, I'm, I feel like, like a Band-Aid. They're always going to love you. Mm-hmm. Who, who honestly, and again, it's so easy to say from the outside, but like, who cares if they know? You sound old enough to be making these decisions for yourself. Like Loki, it seems like they know. And they do know. They yeah, totally they know. They know, but they want to tell themselves a different story. Yeah. And, yeah. Or change your story to fit whatever they're going to tell their friends or whatever. Right. And they can still do that. But if you're just like, listen, nah, we're together. I've been lying to you because you've been writing this story yourself in your head. <laughs> and I haven't wanted to rock the boat. Then they'll probably be bummed for like a sec. Again, I don't know your parents. So like yeah. this is. It's hard to give advice on how to approach parents about something like this because you really never know how it's yeah. going to go. Right. Um, Like. If you do just outwardly tell them there is a possibility, like, you won't speak to your parents for a while. Mm-hmm. I've heard of something like that happening for plenty of people. The good news about that, though, is that it's on them to get over it. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to change your behavior because it makes them uncomfortable. It's And they are adults, and they know that. And, like, you're, this is not the last time that this is going to happen, you know? Like, if you and your boyfriend don't work out, which I'm not saying that that's not, but just, like, as general advice to anybody that's listening that's going through this, like, if you break up with your significant other, you're probably going to have to go through this again with your parents. Like, they're, they have to accept that you're growing up and that you are making decisions for yourself. So, like, 
they should just know. And it's unfair mm-hmm. for them to be putting expectations on you based on their set of beliefs that you don't agree with, in my opinion. You also don't have to say anything to them. Like, if you don't want to risk losing or damaging a relationship with your parents, then don't. Yeah, that's the other I, side of that. I Like, if everyone is okay with just believing this, <laughs> this narrative that isn't the truth until you get married or whatever then 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 do it I guess but I will say um some actual other like helpful thoughts might be um from the alternate like just from different perspectives of sure maybe like your parents would prefer to not accept the idea that you are living with your significant other until you're engaged or until you're married. And, um, even then I've had friends who have told their partner like, Oh, I don't want to live with you until we're engaged or until we're married. And then talking to them now, they've regretted making that decision Mm. um, because they wanted more real world experience together instead of kind of like jumping the gun and rushing into not, not rushing into marriage, but necessarily, but just kind of rushing the process. If that makes sense. Like none of them regret that they're with their partner, but they wish that they had approached the circumstance differently. So I totally relate to that. Like, I completely understand. I used to feel the same way. I was like, uh, I don't want to live with someone until we're engaged because I just like simply did not. I wanted them to prove to me they wanted to be with me. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's how it's going to work out for us. Yeah. Or on their end. Um, And when it comes to your boyfriend's mom calling you these other things, like there are other terms she could call you like. And if that really bothers you, I think, like, your boyfriend should also help you drive home, like, what you do want to be called. 100% needs to be a partnership. Like, I understand the girlfriend thing. I I don't think being called a girlfriend is demeaning, but I do feel like the older I get, the more I feel like there's something childish to it. I agree. Because you're like, okay, (laughs) I was someone's girlfriend when I was 14, and that wasn't a thing (laughs) that's so true it does get weird to say boyfriend when you get older yeah because he's like a little bit more than like it's more than just a boyfriend now or a girlfriend Mm -hmm. so sometimes I go with partner um or significant other Mm -hmm. and uh you know if your boyfriend's family is homophobic they might feel like that's uncomfortable yeah I feel like there's an interesting thing that happens when people get older and they grow up a lot they they revert back to old behaviors that they would have as children with their parents like trying Mm -hmm. to keep things from them oh my god I've totally been there and like honestly I don't think I would have gotten to a normal place without having my therapist because like as I'm growing and changing my parents are having a hard time accepting it they're having a hard time accepting like, oh, my daughter is almost 30. And when I was her age, I was doing all this other shit, too, that made me an adult. So, yeah, they're just used to seeing you. I'm sure the last time you lived with your parents, you were much younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they're used to seeing you. And it's is that age. It's not your responsibility to protect your parents from you growing up like that really doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't do them any good because one day you're going to be getting engaged and making babies and they're going to have to then, I mean, if that's what you want to do, and this is just to anyone as you portray or portray, as you go on with your life and your relationship, they're going to have to 
assimilate to the decisions that you're making eventually. So like mm. they, they have to accept some time that you are growing up. Yeah. doesn't really matter when it is. If you choose to confront your parents though, I would definitely recommend making sure you have a good support system in place because like if they don't react in a way that is positive or helpful or beneficial to anyone, especially you, it's going to be really fucking hard. At the end of the day, you're not going to stop growing up. And like if they if you think about them going to like a therapist and being like, oh, my daughter, like living with her boyfriend, like the therapist is going to be like, this is what you raised her to do is to yeah. make, the de- make decisions for herself. <laughs> And be out on her own. Like, why does this bug you? And if the reason is religion and it's not your religion that you practice, then that's not a fair reason to push you out of their lives because you're making decisions for yourself. Yeah, back to your parents, your boyfriend's parents or mom specifically. Um, not calling you a girlfriend, lady, um, lady friend, maybe instead of like, if you don't feel comfortable being like, Hey, I don't like when you like refer to me that way. Cause it can be really like daunting and exhausting to have like a conversation like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you and your boyfriend both agree to like call you or call each other, like oh, my partner or my significant other or my better half or whatever the fuck you want to call each other that isn't just, like, lady friend. I I think lady friend is way worse than girlfriend. 100%. That's so much more demeaning, <laughs> <Yeah>. lady friend. <laughs> what were the other names? Um... Uh, uh, what was the other one? Oh, it was female, female friend and lady companion. Lady companion. Yikes. <laughs> Bestie. Oh my God. <laughs> it sounds like the boyfriend's mom is like more on the same page though. Oh, for sure. If not more progressive. <laughs> I don't think that she thinks it's demeaning. I bet that she's just having a hard time accepting that her, her son has some, a, a girlfriend that they're living with. Yes. Cause that means something lady companion feels lady so companion. like senior citizen <laughs> they met in a nursing home or like uh yeah 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 you like know? some sort of pet yeah this is my foreign you're not companion. a pet my 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 fuzzy companion that's what i would call my hairy boyfriend what if he called her um master Ooh. Oh my god, you're for my master. Ooh, try that around your parents. Like, hey, this is my mistress. Um, well, she doesn't want to be a mistress. But that's true. Oh, that's true. That was specifically We're thinking from out. a BDSM perspective. <laughs> a mistress is like, you're the boss. Yes. Um, but there are definitely alternatives for like what she can refer to you as. And I think the responsibility either falls on to him to be like, hey, don't refer to her this way anymore yep um we've agreed that we would appreciate it if you referred to it this way Mm -hmm. and whatever that decision is you guys make because that's your existence too that's how that that is your business and not theirs and how they refer to it should not be their decision yeah period so that's uh the advice we have i hope it's helpful it's a really, that's a difficult issue. Yeah. I, I feel lucky that I never had to go through that, but I've had a lot of friends that have. There's a lot to navigate here. So whatever decision you make, I'm sure will be the right one. We got a message from one of our male listeners that we want to read as well. Mm-hmm. 
Dear Amelia and Liz, first off, much thanks for everything. I'm a giant fan of y'all and I love everything you do. It's really lovely getting to hear women talk so openly about sexuality and your podcast has made me much more comfortable with my sense of identity and values. I've never found that I fit in too well in a hetero male dominated society, but listening to your podcast and watching Amelia's videos on TikTok and YouTube have made me much confident in expressing my identity. I owe both of you a ton in that way. That's really, that's really sweet. (laughs) The first time I read that, I I cried. Even grandpa. Yeah, grandpa's really feeling. That's the first time he's talked. I wanted to send an email with a question about sexuality. To preface, I'm a bisexual 24-year-old male who is inexperienced with sex and relationships. I have suffered from pretty severe social anxiety and OCD in the past, which has made me have issues with talking to women. That being said, I think I, as I've matured, I've become much more confident talking to women and making friends. I've become much more extroverted and happy, but the pandemic has definitely put a hamper on dating. My question is this, how would y'all feel having an older partner, mid-twenties, who hasn't had sex or been in a relationship before? I want to start dating, but I also don't really know where to start. I feel like I've missed several years of personal development in terms of dating, and I'm a little worried in this way. What do y'all think? Thanks again for everything. This was an amazing email. Yeah. That's a good question. It's a fantastic question. Um, You have not missed out on any personal development, because the way you develop... is in your own time. It's your life. It's your experience. There isn't a wrong way to grow. And it sounds like you're obviously very open to growth and learning more about yourself. Um, but also like with your experience the you know, this isn't a job. (laughs) You don't need to have experience. And I think honestly that you don't is even better. (laughs) You know, what I think is interesting about being in this position. And I agree is that you hear so much more from people that have had experience. So it feels like everybody does Mm -hmm. when in reality, there are a ton of people that are in the same position that you're in and that is okay. But people don't feel that's why when you're watching like the bachelor and there's like a virgin on the bachelor, it's like their main storyline. It's so weird. It's so strange. And also like not rare. Like they act like it's this big thing. It's not. I have a lot of friends that don't have very much experience and that's fine they're okay with it and I think everybody kind of goes through this thing of like have I missed out on something but it's because how these things are framed in like pop culture and like the media well I'm especially especially as a man I'm sure there is oh my god so much more yes and a different kind of pressure yes like when you are a virgin mm-hmm. or just inexperienced in general. Yeah. Yeah. Because you might not be a virgin. Right. And also who cares? <laughs> totally. Um, but your, your experience level doesn't define anything. Like as long as you are staying true to yourself and you are comfortable doing what you're doing, like if you do choose to engage with someone like physically, romantically, however you want to do that, as long as you're being true to yourself and you're comfortable and you trust your partner, those are the most important things. And honestly, like the best way to be comfortable with someone is to be honest with them. Yep. You will feel better and they'll feel better because if something is awkward, because it's always awkward trying stuff at first. Uh huh. So as long as like if, if it does get a little awkward, like you're on the same page and it's a shared experience, you know? Yeah. And people are so much more understanding and caring than you would initially assume, you know? And it's fair to initially assume it because we're fed things that make us 
believe the otherwise is going to be the case. Yeah. There's a lot of judgment that everyone has to combat, especially when it comes to things like sex and sexuality and gender identity and all that. Totally. You assume that you're going to be bombarded with judgment and um, combated against. And honestly, if you are, which I don't think that you will be, but if you are, then that's a filter in itself. Those aren't people that you want to fuck with anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Period. Even if you had experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, I don't, yeah. I can't, honestly, I don't, like, I can't think of of a time where I have been not experienced enough or too experienced and have received judgment for it. No. I think more often than not, people are very understanding and accepting. It's always such a pleasant surprise. Don't so I guess the best advice is like if you do choose to have this really like honest conversation with with others, which we both would recommend, um, don't assume that they're gonna like challenge you because yeah. it's likely that they won't. Mm-hmm. And you could also even give them the option of like, if that makes you uncomfortable, I totally understand. Yes, yeah, because uh, I think when people know that there isn't going to be like any repercussions. They're more likely to, it takes a lot of pressure off of them too. And that's just like kind of speaking from my own experience where I've been like, you know, I've thought about this and like, this doesn't bother me and it doesn't change how I feel about you. Mm -hmm. That takes a lot of pressure off of them and then they can fully engage with me. Yes. Yeah. Whatever circumstance. Totally. Like setting the stage for like the vibe that you're giving off. That has a lot of effect on how good communicators will react yeah. and respond. Yeah. Completely. So that that's such a good point. It gives a lot of information on how, on how a good in- communicator would respond. And yeah. that's what you want is yeah. a good communicator and someone who can empathize with you and genuinely cares about you as a human. Totally. So That's hope- a great question. And yeah, you're, it really is. I guarantee there are so many people listening that have the same question, that are mm-hmm. afraid to ask. Or have always wondered and don't really know how to ask, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I hope that you, that this helped, A, and B, that if you feel comfortable with it, reaching back out to us after you listen. Yeah, letting us know how conversations go. And same with the the last question that we answered, too. If you feel comfortable with it, we Give would love. update. Yeah, we would love an update. Yeah. I don't know. We're invested now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Happy Pride. And thank you for writing us openly as like a bisexual man. I think that there's a lot of bi erasure mm-hmm. that everyone experiences, like especially like bisexual men. They're like, oh, you're just actually gay. And then bisexual women, it's like, oh, you're doing this for male attention. And it's obnoxious. That's not true. <laughs> Super obnoxious. Uh, but thank you for writing to us. Happy Pride. We love you. Happy Pride. We love you. Sex fact of the week. Sex fact of the week. Oh, I feel good about this. It's kind of jazzy. Sex fact of the week. Sex fact of the week. Sex fact of the week. Get down. Sex fact of the week. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Okay, there are two. I don't even know which one. I'm going to read two because these are all short. Okay. All right. When two people kiss, they exchange between 10 million and 1 billion bacteria. (laughs) 
gross. I thought it was going to be like serotonin. Uh, no. Germs. Or whatever. <laughs> gross. I'm thinking about how much making out I did the past week. But also how, much, how often like when you eat something are you like absorbing some sort of like bacteria. And not all bacteria is bad. True. Hashtag not True. all bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is fun. Orgasms can lower a woman's risk of heart disease, stroke, breast cancer, and depression. We need you to start flicking the bean, ladies. Do it for your health. Do it for your health. I already know it helps my depression. <laughs> we'll see about heart disease, stroke, and breast cancer in the future, but... I'm trying to think of like uh, times I've felt like other than an orgasm, a physical release of like something else, like anxiety or whatever. There's like a momentary for me, just like uh, brain dead, just like no no thoughts, thoughts, head empty, (laughs) no thoughts, head empty. Love that. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. That moment where you're just like, huh, you're going to relax on your bed. Like, for, like, 15 seconds before you remember, like, you're still a human in this world. If there's another person involved, that moment where they, like, are just holding you and you're just existing. Yeah. But also, like, the post-not clarity that I experience post-orgasm when I'm masturbating brings me right back to the anxious state. I'm like, what am I watching? Yeah, it really (laughs) only happens if there's porn around. Yeah, and it's like not. It's just like really greasy and dirty. Mm -hmm. It's the equivalent of like a McDonald's Happy Meal. You order it, you're excited, you get the toy, and then when you're done eating, your stomach hurts, Mm -hmm. and you feel it for a few days. A zit pops up. Oh God. Or six. I mean, and that sometimes you gotta you gotta do it. Sometimes you just sometimes you need the McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's been too long since you've had the McDonald's, and your body is like, "Give me that McDonald's." Yeah, they're like, "I just need a little extra grease right now." Masturbating is the fast food of sex. <laughs> Only if it's like gross, though. But sometimes masturbating is like uh, drinking a green juice for me. You know. A little extra like dopamine for boost. For me, it has been, it has exclusively been fast food because it has been. <laughs> that makes me sad. I haven't had like a like a healthy masturbation sesh in like two months, three months. Oh no. No, it's always like when always, I'm desperate. I'm like, I have got to get off. Yeah. I need to get better because for a while you I was. to light some candles. I was masturbating for, for, for like a very healthy amount, like for a release and like doing it in a way that I was proud of. For a very long time. I need you to describe what you mean, though. Like, like watching porn that I was like, I could like get behind, or like remembering oh, so it was like, like a ethical. memory. Yeah, and okay. like it would be like in the middle of the day, like just like taking the opportunity as it rises. Now it's like the end of the day. I hadn't had sex until recently for months, and so I was just like, I gotta do fucking something with all this energy, and I wasn't being very mindful about it, and I don't like that. And so the post not clarity would be like. Ugh. like every just, time but also you're beating yourself up for like being very human i know that's, that's the not thing. fair it's not fair and i think it's because i got so used to having sex regularly that when it stopped and i wasn't i was just like oh my god i was like my head was on fire i was like what do i do with all this so i started to be kind of disgusting and irresponsible about how not irresponsible i'm acting like i like robbed a bank but like <laughs> 
Because I masturbating is kind of like a holy experience for me, mm-hmm. and I stopped treating it like that. So I'm and trying also, to get better about finding, it. Finding good ethical porn that appeals to you is really it can be really hard. Yeah, and when you're horny. You don't have a lot of time to do research. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like when you have to pee. Like, you've been waiting all day, and you you can't hold it in anymore. You don't have time to, like, research what what bathroom is the cleanest. No, you're squatting in the alley you gotta, at that point. <laughs> you've got to go to the closest nearby possible place you can go. And yes. sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's squatting in the sometimes alley. Sometimes you just got to squat in an alley. Yeah. Okay, Gatsby is a fan of mine today, and it's really changing my life. He is very happy to be in your lap. I love him so much. What a great way to end, like... Wow. What a great way to end our birthiversary. We got Grandpa, who is laying in the middle of us, very happy to be here. Earlier, he was showing us his belly, which is always a sign of being very happy. (laughs) Gatsby just hopped into Amelia's lap. They're both just, like, very happy to be here. They're celebrating with us. They have accepted Amelia as their mom. <laughs> and I'm happy for you. It's I, a birthday gift. It is a birthday. I frequently cry about how much I love these cats. Oh, me too. <laughs> well, it makes sense that you do. It's, like, weird that I do. Oh, my God, he's licking me. Oh, oh my God. This is the best day he's ever. He's grooming you. He's like, oh, God, you guys are being loud. No, yeah. He just, like, stopped. Just, like, looked off into the distance. He only does a couple as a kiss. He's, He's so sweet. happy. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for allowing us to do this for an entire fucking year. We do it for you guys. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. I mean, we like, get a lot from it, but. But also, like, being able to have a community of people that are as amazing as our listeners has just been, like. This is exactly what we had always dreamed of. Yeah. Of just being able to have a community of people we can like continue to have these conversations with and like laugh with and love and support. Yes. We frequently simp over how much we love y'all. <laughs> we really Our te- 90% of the texts that Liz and I send are like, Our listeners are so smart. Our <laughs> listeners are so fun. Yeah. Like, literally we really last do- weekend, I was getting so emotional. I was like, I love you, and I love our listeners. They're so special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know a handful of you guys by name, and we talk about you all the time. We love like, you so much. Oh my much. god! Did you see what she sent us? Yeah, we act like we like hang out with y'all all the time. We, we do. I mean, it feels like it. yeah, because we know we're not talking to just each other. No, and so we know. I don't know. It feels like there's a third person in the room whenever we record. Yeah. That was the biggest surprise with our first episode was I was like, uh, it, yeah. it felt like there was a That's third so person true. in the room. It was so interesting. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we love you. We you love are you. as much of a part of this podcast as we are. And that's dope. Yeah. And the cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we All right. Love you. We love you. Our children. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah, it was, was good. pretty good. Okay, bye. <laughs>